Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Taking Over the Photo Pit, a music photography podcast held by me, Boston Schultz, where I interview badass music photographers. I am so excited to sit down today with Emily Jade Photos. She is a photographer based in the UK. She's a music photographer and journalist. She runs her own publication and just a sweet and kind soul. And I really am so excited to sit down with her and her photos. Like seriously, the thing that blows my mind about seeing her portfolio is how cohesive everything is. And that's something that a lot of photographers strive for. So I'm so excited to ask her about her style and how she came up with that. So we're just gonna jump right into this interview and I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Emily Jade. Oh my gosh, Emily, I am so excited to sit down with you. I have been so excited this morning and I'm pumped up on three cups of cold brew that I have in front of me and I'm ready for your questions. I'm so excited that you're sitting down with me today. So thank you. How are you? Thank you for having me here. Um, I'm really good actually. I've had a pretty easy day today. Nothing really to do. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. And for everyone listening, can you just like start out by giving us an introduction of like who you are, how you got started in concert photography, and just like music photography. No, just photography in general. (laughs) Both of those things. Yeah, so um, my name's Emily, as you know. I am 23 and I am from England. I got into photography when I was really young, kind of just as a hobby. I did it with my dad when I was younger. Uh, As I got further into school, I did it as A-level, which is like the kind of classes you take when you're 16, 17, just before you go off to university. I then went to university and studied music journalism. Mm -hmm. So with that, I worked with the university magazine that they run as a course. And they happened to be looking for photographers at the time. And I was like, yes, please, I want to do this. (laughs) Because I've always been super into music. So it was like perfect opportunity. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, But yeah, the editor was like, sure, I'll show you the basics. If you're good at it, you're good at it. Great. Wow. Yeah, that's that's about it. That's awesome. So how long have you been shooting then? uh, It's going to be five years this year. Awesome. That's awesome. I love when people are always like, kind of started as a hobby and then it kind of spiraled. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was what happened to me. And I think that that's what happens to a lot of us. Like we find something that we love and then just like go for it. So why specifically music? Like what, were you going to a lot of concerts before? Do you have like favorite bands that you're like obsessed with? Why music in general? Yeah, so um, I've always been really into music. I went through quite a dark period, let's say, when I was younger. So music kind of helped me get through that and it's kind of been a lifeline in my life ever since. Um, So when I started getting into the opportunity to go to gigs for free and that kind of thing, it really just amped that up. I mean, I could see bands that I wouldn't really see on regular days. I'd find new bands that I'd never even heard of before. So yeah, it's always been helpful in that sense. Yeah, I love the idea that you just brought up of like finding new bands because mm-hmm. um, I also work with a publication and I know that you've worked with publications, so we're going to get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. But there's often times where like I got kind of 
called out to a show that was like, I have no idea who this band is. And then like being in the crowd and seeing those audiences and seeing them hyped about it, it's like, okay, I love this mm-hmm. band. This is one of my new favorites now. <laughs> yeah, it's always great. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of publications, like mm-hmm. you currently work with, I think, two publications. I guess, first mm-hmm. of all, we should probably start out with the fact that like, all of this happening with COVID, I'm assuming things are still locked down where you're at, that there's no concerts going yeah, on, right? There's there's absolutely no concerts at the moment. Um, we're still on pretty much full lockdown. We've only just started easing things up. <sighs> but hopefully by June, we should be able to have some form of gigs this year. Yeah. Who knows? Hopefully. Yeah, I got my fingers behind. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all like super craving to get back in the pit. And um, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so strange because there are certain places that are like wide open, like New Zealand. I'm like, yeah, I'm like constantly like uh, I I should have moved to New Zealand, you know, three Mm -hmm. years ago before all of this happened because they are thriving over there. And I'm just jealous. Me too. Me too. Um, So with things on the lockdown, you obviously haven't been shooting through a publication, Mm -hmm. but you're still working with publications that like Mm -hmm. when things pick back up, you'll go back to working with them, I'm assuming. Yes. So I, um, I work with a publication kind of cool magazine. So I'm one of their photographers. So obviously I'm on hold for that at the moment. I'm actually also working with two other publications. One of them I run myself. So I have... Yeah, I have Square One magazine that I run. We've been going at it for about a year now. Um, So yeah, we're still fairly new in the game, but we're getting there. So most of my attention is completely on that at the moment. Okay. Um, And then, yeah, it's kind of all of that at the moment. No photography, just editing. (laughs) Yeah, Let's, let's talk about that because I have heard this from... A few people that they have started their own publication and I would love mm-hmm. to hear kind of why you started yours mm-hmm. what that came about to um, and like what good things have come out of it did you start it during the pandemic you said a year no I started it uh, I think it was October last year so just kind of okay. literally just before it all yep. kicked off got it um it might have been the year before, actually. I, I've lost track. Hey, it must have been. <laughs> it was 2019. Yeah, 2019. So we're almost two years now. <laughs> it's nice. been a long year. Yeah, it has. This um, year doesn't count. Just exclude it. It's, it's still, like, I, publication's I mean, still clearly, year old. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, I do not even include last year as a year. But yeah, um, my history with publications got started with university. So mm-hmm. with my music journalism degree obviously we did a lot of journalism roles and for my final major project so my last year project me and a group of students that I was friends with we made our own publication as our final project so that publication was super limited we sold about 500 copies I think across um, England and a couple in the States as well. We had bands such as Broadside with Confidence involved with it. It was all to raise money for a mental health charity that's local to us, so we did that. Um, And then when we all graduated, that kind of fizzled out and I was like, I wanna keep doing this. This is what I wanna do. And therefore Square One was born. 
That's so cool. I love when people are so ambitious and like start their own thing and just are like, yeah. you know what, this is what I want to do and, you know, just make it work. That I, yeah. I love that. And have you, do you think that that has like opened, you know, kind of like more doors for you? Like, are you getting uh, like more shows, uh, opportunities that are like different or something more that you wanted uh, by starting your own publication? Yeah, um, a thousand percent. So some of the networks that I'd made from the project that I had in university, I've kind of built on those connections. So I'm pretty good friends with all the PRs that I worked with back then. Um, so I've got some good relationships going there. We kind of know what each other yeah. what we're into, what we can kind of expect from each other. So we have a mutual respect right there. Um, so yeah, I get a lot of opportunities that I think as a relatively new magazine, we wouldn't get if I didn't have those connections already, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And this industry is all about networking and connection building anyway. And when you have yeah. those connections and then you're just like kind of deepening those connections by being mm -hmm. the person to go to for everything, like pretty much going to help you regardless yeah, so I love definitely. that so when it comes to kind of like your work for concert music photography do you f focus like more solely on like the publication side of it do you work with like freelance as like a freelance photographer for musicians that they hire you on do you tour like what what does your kind of like workload structure look like when it mm -hmm. comes to music photography business so um i'm kind of like a little bit of everything i like putting my feet Love in all it. the doors <laughs> but i work really really closely with a local band here i've done a little weekend tour with them we had a couple of other things planned but obviously everything got cancelled mm. um so yeah i work really really closely with those guys they're really good friends of mine um i do obviously stuff for the publications so that's just kind of like if i have time if there's a show i'm interested in i'll check it out i'll do that kind of any excuse to get in the pit i'll take it um but yeah mainly it's working with the local bands and the local scene. Yeah, I love the local scene. So like, I want to hear about your local scene. Like, <laughs> what is it like in the UK? Like, what city specifically are you in? And like, how far kind of do you travel for concerts? <laughs> or yeah, what is what are the locals like when it comes to the scenes? So uh, I'm pretty lucky in the sense that the town I live in, I live in Southampton, we're a really close tight-knit scene so um we have a bunch of different venues here of all kind of different sizes we've got uh the joiners which is an iconic venue that's been around for 25 50 years something like that um it's iconic it's got about 200 cap and then we go all the way up to our guild hall which is about 1.8k i want to say off the top of my head um but we have a really really dedicated team here so it's it's really nice to kind of see everyone band together especially in like the pandemic right now where we had the whole save our venues mm -hmm. um thing going on where venues were struggling obviously everyone banded together to make sure that our local scene can survive this which was really really nice to see yeah have you had any venues that like shut down during all of this like like officially uh, closed or are they just like all kind of on pause for now 
from what I know, we've had venues close in the past because of mm. similar things, like not enough government funding, that kind of thing. As okay. I said, the Joiners, they're kind of Southampton's most iconic venue. They've almost shut down a couple of times in the past couple of years, and this year included. Um, but yeah, I think most of them are just kind of holding on till yeah. things open up because they know that the scene will get there and make sure they make it their worth. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I've heard so many people talking about how, like, okay, venues are going to be, like, packed when we're back because everyone's like, oh my gosh, I miss concerts. And at the same time, it's like, I've been going to concerts in my local scene, seeing local bands for the past, like, you know, five, six years. I was like, some of those venues are, like, never packed. So I'm like, yeah. at least by us, I'm like, where have you guys been? You know, pre-pandemic, <laughs> like, where where were you going exactly. for your concerts? So, like, I'm really, really hoping that this kind of excites a, like, a worldwide, you know, re-energized mm-hmm. music industry, music scene that everyone's, like, going back out to the local shows and getting those local bands up and running again. So... I'm I'm really excited about it. I love that you guys have a like save our venues scene, you know, mm-hmm. and support there because I think it's really important. It's so sad to see our local scenes really struggling because that's where my love is. So it sounds mm-hmm. like that's where yours is as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, bands wouldn't be here without those grassroots venues, so we need them. Yeah, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah. When it comes to the bands that you've worked with, you said that you have done like a short like weekend tour. Have you did, <laughs> done like a, other tours on top of that? Um, or was that like you stepping your toes into those waters? I don't tour, so I love asking people mm-hmm. about touring. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Um, yeah, uh, the weekend was kind of like my first ever experiment into touring, yeah. I guess. It was so a pretty super last minute thing, if I remember. It was literally just like three dates, driving up and down the country. Um, beside that, I'd done a couple of dates here and there. I wouldn't really say it's a tour because it wasn't consecutive, mm. but I'd done a couple of dates up and down with the same artist. Um, but yeah, that's kind of only been my touring experience. I was I had a couple lined up for last summer but Mm. obviously they didn't go ahead so hopefully next year should be able to get some more touring experience yeah yeah what was it like for your you know first initial like touring I guess like experience Mm. like testing the waters were you really overwhelmed were you excited and you like had it under wraps the whole time like (laughs) I I get anxious about like just regular shows Mm -hmm. and I'm Mm -hmm. sure like a lot of other people do too but I can't imagine like for me the stress levels of Mm -hmm. going out with a band and being like hey look I'm responsible for this for a few days like that seems very overwhelming to me so what was it like for you oh yeah I get very anxious easy (laughs) easily Um, but no it was good fun uh the band that I work with I knew the guitarist from a previous job where I worked on a bar so I had like a, a a decent friendship with him it wasn't anything um like super well known we weren't great friends but we knew of each other quite well so um it was like four other guys and him 
we were stuck staying in the same room together, like in a cheap hotel. I was like, this is great. I don't know any of you. But no, they're um, genuinely some of the nicest people that I know. So I, it was a great first experience. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think that I would be too anxious and nervous to like handle anything. But <laughs> I love that. I, I'm so happy that that was like a good experience for you. And hopefully mm-hmm. when things open back up, you know, you can just pick right back up with that and keep going because there's going to be so many tours planned. Yeah, that's what I can't wait for, hopefully. Hello, and we're going to take a quick break here. I want to introduce you guys to another podcast called Music and Things. And on my podcast, I love featuring other photographers and creatives and having them really light up and talk about their art. And that's one of the things that Music and Things does. And I just love sharing other you know, creative outlets in this music industry. And I'm so excited about their new podcast. So we're going to take a quick break to introduce you guys to music and things. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Music and Things. My name is Angie. And my name is Pooja. This is a podcast where we try to discover the art behind being an artist. And we're so excited because we're coming back with a season two. Yeah, and it'll be a little different. So in season one, we asked all our guests, what is art? How can we change the music industry? And we did this through topics like motivation, change, imposter syndrome. In this new season, we'll be asking the why. Why do people create art and why can it have an impact on our world? Be sure to follow us on our journey. We are on all streaming platforms. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Music and Things Podcast. So tune in to season two to hear our conversations about music and things. And now we're going to jump right back into the podcast with Emily Jade. Okay, hopping <laughs> into more things about your style, because I love asking people specifically about, like, their photography, how you come up with your style, how you come up with how you shoot, because I think that is really unique and interesting for each person. So... Mm-hmm. When I was looking through your Instagram specifically, it was so cool to me because, let me see if I can explain this, your colors that you use in your images are almost like the same shade and like opacity almost, like they're a very, uh, my cat. I'm sorry, guys. She is going bonkers. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> I'm like, excuse you. We're trying to talk about uh, styles and colors. Anyway, um, you you use these great like pinks and uh, mm-hmm. like I've seen a lot of like peaches, but blues and just like these really almost kind of like pastel colors they match really well together it seems like you're very consistent with every image in a set looks like it's part of a set so it's very cohesive in that aspect I was just really impressed by looking at your photos and being like yes all of these fit and seem very much like a part of something so (laughs) I wanted to hear about like A, if that's intentional, something that you've worked on numerous times or like have just like accidentally perfected or like how how did you come about like your editing style and how you do things? Well, first of all, thank you very much. You're Uh, welcome. 
it really was just kind of like a happy accident, honestly. Um, when I first got started out, I had absolutely no clue what I was doing editing-wise. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I've taken them off my Instagram now, but they were just not great at all. <laughs> I still kind of go back now and re-edit them to make them Oh, I decent. love that. <laughs> I love doing that. Um, but yeah, I... Oh, what was it? I'm pretty sure I downloaded one of Matty Vogel's presets when I was younger, uh, when I first, oh. first started out, when I was like... I must have just turned 18 and um I kind of would just dissect those try and figure out what he did to kind of get the feel that he got and then applied that to my own so I wouldn't I still kind of reference those presets to this day but I definitely have my own way of doing it now so mm-hmm. as you said with my colors I tend to try and mimic the atmosphere from the gig so with the lighting that the gig has as a whole obviously in photos you only capture one maybe two of those different light tones that you get from the whole set Mm -hmm. um so I try and incorporate all of that to make it kind of seem more um true tone I guess so it's less putting my own colors into it and just making the most of what they give to me yeah and when I'm editing the same gig I tend to split tone a lot and then I tend to apply those same split tones to each photo so that they're cohesive, as you said. But yeah, that's... It's basically just a lot of experimenting and it turns out nice and I like it. (laughs) I love it. So you're using Lightroom to edit. Yeah, yeah, I live in Lightroom. Okay. Photoshop occasionally, but mainly Lightroom. Okay. What do you open Photoshop for? Uh, It's usually the more creative... Um, aspects that I go for so obviously like um, removing certain objects from the photos or if I want to do something a little bit more um, experimental let's say with editing so I might um, I don't know cut up and kind of make it a little bit like a scrapbooky vibe kind of thing I've been experimenting with lately Uh, that's usually what I go for Photoshop for but most of the time it's just a Lightroom job nice Nice, yeah. I stick in Lightroom. It's my best friend. I love it. Mm -hmm. But I love that you also do some, like, I guess more, like, experimentation, creativity Mm -hmm. stuff. Because, yeah, Lightroom's mostly, like, for me, like, color correcting. But do you use presets, then, in Lightroom that, like, you said that you bought a preset, but, like, Mm -hmm. do you have your own that you, like, create, that you, like, work off of? Or do you edit a photo and apply it across the board yeah so a kind of a little bit of both so with um gigs and stuff like that I'll edit one photo from the set and then I'll either create a preset based on that photo that I think will work across the board and tweak them individually Mm -hmm. as I go or I will um just kind of freehand do each one completely individually but most of the time I've been pretty lucky with our local venues that lighting isn't terrible which is quite nice (laughs) nice so um they kind of know how to work with us as well which is really nice because a lot of venues especially when they're pretty small cap they don't have the great lighting rigs and they just love red and blue which is Mm -hmm. the bane of my life (laughs) yeah um yeah no it's definitely just a lot of experimenting hoping for the best and seeing what works across the board when I can. Yeah. 
I think that the best, like, advice that I think that I ever got was, like, get Lightroom before you know what you're doing, and then just, like, mm-hmm. play around with it. They were, like, yeah. spend most of your time in Lightroom, just, like, yeah. trying to learn and see what other people do. And I love the idea that you brought up, like, getting a preset, because... Mm-hmm. There's, like, this weird thing in, like, photography, I think, in general, that, like, half the people, or I'd say a third of the people don't care about presets, either use them or don't. A third of the people are, like, all for presets. (laughs) And then there's another third of people that are, like, absolutely not, you should not be using other people's presets. And it is the strangest thing because there's like a whole market of like making mm-hmm. money off of presets. And then there's a whole audience that like absolutely like despises people using presets. But I think that they are so useful to, like yeah. you said, learn how people edit their photos. So like, why, why did mm-hmm. you make the decision to like get one where you just like, look, I need to learn this? Was it something that was recommended to you? And did that help you create your own? Because I've never created my own preset. So like every time someone talks about it, I'm like, wow, I need to get into that. I need to do that. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I'm i pretty sure it was that first gig I did for university. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing with editing. And okay. I, I'm pretty sure I was following Matty anyway because he works pretty well with a couple of bands that I was into and I just happened to see one of his posts recommending his first release of presets and I was like his work is cool let me check this out um so yeah I downloaded that and kind of just had a play around I'm pretty sure I just posted my photos with those presets because I didn't have a clue what I was doing um but yeah ever since then I've kind of kept an eye out on those presets that he releases because I personally love his work but I tend to kind of go into each one and see what the settings are and try and figure out what makes each element of the preset happen, that kind of thing. Um, so then, yeah, I'd definitely be able to apply that to my own work. So certain elements that I really like from those presets, I'll apply into my own. Yeah, I think that's such a great idea. So for like anyone listening, that's such a great tip to like go out there and find some presets. Um, and if you can't afford it, I know that there are some free presets that exist yeah, out there. Yeah, there's loads out there. Yeah, but, like, now that's making me think that I need to do that. Because, like, you talked about split toning. I don't do that. Yeah. I, don't I only it started it, uh, I mean, it's probably a year ago now, but I've only started split toning, re- like, pretty recently in my career, let's say. Um, definitely recommend it. It saved a lot of photos that I didn't think was savable. (laughs) How interesting. Yeah, it really really helps with the um, harsh lighting sometimes if you've got difficult colours, that kind of thing. So definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah. I'm pretty lucky, too, with our venues have pretty good lighting and different, Mm -hmm. like, rotations of lighting, so you get different colour combinations. But I did shoot a concert once that was completely in red lighting, and I just made all of my mm-hmm. images black and white. I was like, I'm so over yeah. this. Oh, yeah. I've had gigs, I'm pretty sure there's a couple on my Instagram still now, that were either completely blue or 
red with a shadow blue. Yeah. <laughs> which is just blue and red are a photographer's nightmare. <laughs> so. See, I personally hate green because I think it makes people look awful. Like, I think that, like, it red does. and blue are still flattering, yeah. but, like... Mm-hmm definitely not great co- combinations or no, alone in not. photos but for some reason I just like maybe it's just me that I don't like the color green but <laughs> <laughs> yeah green green's a tough one it's it really depends on the kind of shade of green True. Um, but also mentioning split Tony again that really helps with green I find okay okay <laughs> see see I've been I've been shooting now for uh I want to say like seven or eight years and it's been so fun talking to everyone because I have <laughs> learned so many things and it's so fun to talk to people of like all kind of like different levels I've talked to people that are like 40 years in the industry and like one year into the industry and I can learn something from everyone and I love having this because now I'm I'm walking away from this being like dude I gotta go buy some presets I gotta <laughs> learn about split toning you know Emily's like oh, yeah. way past me and how she's <laughs> editing like I, I need to catch up I, I just love this I think that there's so much like advice that you can kind of pull from everyone so I love that you mentioned yeah. that and uh, I think that's great advice for people starting out so yeah definitely definitely you you always need to be constantly learning in this industry I find especially since the world as a whole and technology and music is constantly changing and improving there's always something you can improve on so like I said I only learned about uh, split toning pretty sure from a YouTube tutorial last year year before I love it and yeah it's just kind of just seeing what other people are doing and seeing if you can do it, but do it better and just constantly improve yourself and your work. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, Still continuing with like style, I wanted to ask about like, kind of like your eye when it comes to how you put together a photo. Like when you're Mm -hmm. at a concert, are there certain things that you're watching out for? Um, how have you kind of like trained yourself to like frame photos and like capture what you want to capture in a sense? Yeah. Yeah. So with my style, I tend to kind of go with audience interaction is a big one with, um, our small, well, our smaller gigs are all right for it, but some of our other venues are pretty hard to get a decent shot of the artist on stage and the crowd at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So I tend to just do it as if I was front row barricade. I kind of want to give the people that are looking at my photos the feeling of, damn, I was standing right there. Yeah. Um. So my composition, I don't really think about it too much actively. I probably do subconsciously, but... um. I love photos when it's just the one person and the kind of background just fades into the background. So yep. I usually I usually try and aim to get one shot from each show where, say, one of the members is right at the front of the photo and then they've got the light beam hitting them from behind. Mm. So I love that. I don't know when I started doing it, but I found myself doing it most gigs. Um, but yeah, it's just something that I feel kind of gives you the feeling of being at that event and kind of figuring out what the atmosphere was like 
I love that. Yeah, I think that there's probably a ton of things that are, like, subconsciously going through your head, especially if you're thinking, like, oh, I've liked these shots in the past. Like, even Mm -hmm. if you're not actively thinking about that, there is something how it looks, you know, through the viewfinder would be roughly similar, and then you're continuing that. I love that. Yeah. So when... um, when you're shooting, are you partial mm-hmm. to any specific lenses in that case? Do you tend to get better mm-hmm. shots or shots that you prefer or like over like a different lens type? I currently have a 70 to 200 mm-hmm. uh, 2.8. So that's kind of like my staple at the moment. Yeah. Um, I have a 50 millimeter as well. But those are my two that I kind of use because they're good with the venues that we have. Got so it. they're all pretty small. I don't tend to shoot at our bigger ones too often because they haven't had that many gigs on recently anyway. Um, but yeah, I tend to go for the smaller ones where I, I'm pretty close up. Yeah. But then I can also get decent shots of, say, the drummer and that kind of thing. So I'd say, yeah, the 75 to 200 is probably my go-to lens. Yeah. Um that's funny that you say that because that's my staple lens too and I haven't heard that from a lot of people but like I shoot indoor small venues with my 70 to 200 and people are like what are you doing that thing is massive and I'm like it has a way of yeah it has a way of like like you said like where you isolate that one person Mm -hmm. on stage and it just beautiful chef's kiss stunning exactly. lens but it's, i know that it's it's, it's amazing it's, it's a great lens it's just expensive and i highly mm-hmm. recommend people go in uh secondhand for a lot of those yeah. lenses but because i got mine secondhand and i used it five years and then i dropped it but that's Ooh. another story but yeah i love oh, that you said painful. that <laughs> oh i felt that <laughs> i know have you ever dropped a lens? Have you ever broken one? I have one? not. I have not yet to do that. Touch wood. I have not yet broken a camera or a lens. I um two years ago, I think I upgraded my kit. So I finished uni and was like, right, I need new camera, new lenses. Let's do this properly. I went full frame. Um, nice. And yeah, I got a camera and that 75 to 200 uh lens on loan i'm still paying it off now but that's fine (laughs) um but yeah those definitely definitely great stuff i use it every time hands down yeah what camera did you get uh i got a what did I get? I haven't used it in so long. <laughs> I know they're sitting in cases like underneath their bed. I'm like, Legit. this is the camera Hold that I up. have. I come out every once in a while. <laughs> I literally haven't touched it in six months because of oh. COVID. Oh, I have a um a Canon 60 Mark III. Uh, gotcha. That's okay. what I have. Fun fact, yeah. Um. So yeah, I upgraded that, and then immediately, two months later, we went into lockdown, so yeah. haven't really had that much use with it yet, but I'm getting there slowly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard great things about that camera, so mm-hmm. I'm sure that you're going to have a blast when things yeah. start opening up, but I love hearing about people, like, 
growing and upgrading their gear yeah. and just being like, look, now I'm, I can do more and do this and stuff. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, so the camera I had before it had a uh, Nikon D5200 or something like that. It was just a little um, kind of point and shoot that I got when I was 15 going into my A-level, so I needed one for my photography course. Mm-hmm. And I shot on that literally up until last year, so wow, they, it did me great, but I'd outgrown it and I was ready to go the next step. <laughs> love it yeah it's definitely one of those things i find that it doesn't matter what equipment you have as long as you know how to use it you can make it work yeah i know a lot of people that had like crop sensors for a long Mm -hmm. time and i know people that still shoot on crop sensors Mm -hmm. and have amazing photos and it's like you said just about how you use it and learning your gear but exactly if you have the ability to like upgrade and you're doing a lot of stuff, like it is such an exciting moment to be like, look it at me, I'm it. doing this now. Yeah. <laughs> Go me. Awesome. I have like two, I guess, last and final questions for you. Um, one <laughs> is just more general. Is there any like advice, tips that you would like to pass on? Um, that you've learned throughout your career that have really helped you that you want other people to keep in mind? The number one thing I will always, always, always say is networking is really, really important. I cannot stress it enough. I used to have people hounds at me about it when I was in university. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. But it really does make a difference. So say some of the people that I went to university with now uh are some of the pr people that i talk to with my publication and they're hounding me to try and get me to post about their artists that kind of thing so it's definitely it's really good to reach out to people that you want to work as not necessarily for but like Mm -hmm. if you see someone and you're like wow i really want their job i want to be doing what they're doing message them find out how they got there find out what they're doing and where you can improve what you're doing as well um but yeah definitely just send people a message nine times out of ten they'll reach out back to you and say hey this thank you like i've done it a couple of times i've had people reach out to me just looking for advice and then i end up getting them working for my publication just because i was like cool thank you for appreciating what i do here you go i'll help you out so yeah definitely networking number one thing always I love that. Great, great advice. And that kind of comes full circle because we were just talking about that a little bit earlier of like having those contacts, networking, Mm -hmm. building, you know, the the amount of people that you've had these conversations with. Um, That's really where our industry thrives. So I think that's Mm -hmm. fantastic advice. So thank you. um, And last question, I always want to ask something kind of like more fun and this was asked of me kind of um in a different podcast and I was like I love this and I'm gonna start asking people about their favorite band their favorite musician their favorite songs um because we all 
got into the music industry because we love music. So I love asking about this, um, and I'm going to make it a routine thing, but I want to start off by asking you first. You're the first one I'm asking this of. So uh, if you could shoot one band or musician for any single song, like anybody, it could be someone, you know, who has passed, like dead or alive, who would you photograph and what song would it be? You know, I've been thinking about this question since you sent me the list of questions. And I <laughs> That's why I sent it. I was like, I'm not going to spring this one on you. I'm going to let you think about it. <laughs> I, yeah, I read it and was like, oh, God, how do I choose? Um, I think I came up with like two options. Okay, let's hear them. So, number one, I would say uh, All Time Low because they were the first band that I ever got into. They were my first live gig as well, so it would kind of be a full circle moment getting to shoot them. Um, Song-wise for that, I would probably say Afterglow, just because the stage design for that song is insane. They've got like flare lights and everything. It's really, really nice live. I love um, that you know the stage design for that song. That I is such a live. I'm a fan. What can I say? I love that. <laughs> but yeah, it's really nice. Um, and then my second would probably be Waterparks. Pretty much any of their songs, to be honest. But um, I'd say maybe watch what happens next because they're they're doing good stuff. <laughs> Very interesting and new and exciting things. I feel like it would be fun to cover live. That's so cool. I think those are both great options. I See, I love asking about, like, just seeing you kind of, like, light up about, like, music <laughs> and everything. Yeah. And be like, look, I'm a fan. I love I'm that. Because I love Number people one. being fans and, like, being in this industry exactly. and, like, being really excited about it. So. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for joining me. I am so honored to have you on the podcast. But before I let you go, can you shout out really quick where everyone can find you on social media, the internet? Yeah, so you can find me on pretty much all of my socials at Emily Jade Photo. I have a website, which is emily-jade.co.uk. And that's about it. Love it. Well, thank you again for joining me, and I cannot wait to see you in the pit. Mm-hmm.